Namaste. My name is Callie Klug and I am a yoga teacher and Reiki practitioner in Orange County and I am very passionate about healing. This is the Your Own Medicine podcast, so welcome. Here we explore the countless modalities to healing through authentic chats and honest interactions. So let's discover how to be your own medicine. To easily integrate daily wellness, yoga, meditation, and breathwork into your routine, check out my Yoga Island virtual yoga studio and community online. I have more than 60 recorded videos of yoga and meditation content on there. The goal is to make it really easy and doable for you to weave these ancient and effective and powerful practices into your daily routine to effectively change how you feel about yourself, your life, make you feel more empowered, more at peace in your physical body. So check it out. It's only $5.50 a month. Give it a try. Namaste. All right. Hi, Jackie from Hawaii or in Hawaii. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for being here. I'm literally so pumped that you're here right now. Thank you for having me. I feel like a celebrity. (laughs) I feel like I'm (laughs) meeting a celebrity too. So let me ask you just to kick it right off. Who are you? What do you do? And where are you located? Good question. I always struggle with answering who am I because I feel like I'm just some random girl trying to figure this shit out, but I really am into wellness and using wellness to figure out basically why we're here, not to get too trippy right off the bat, but through yoga, Reiki, meditation, breath work, essential oils, all that good stuff have really helped me find my truth and centeredness through it all. And I'd say my biggest passion is to share those tools with others, but also be able to hold space for others to contact their own inner guidance system. Because I, as a yoga teacher, I've been really into teaching these tools, but I found that the most healing I found is from releasing the idea that there's a right way to do yoga, a wrong way to do yoga or anything related to wellness and just tapping into that voice within. And I am in Hawaii right now. I am in Kauai and it is just a dream to be here. And we're going to talk about how you ended up there too. Because where are you originally from? I moved around a lot. I bopped around the country when I was growing up, but I was born in New Hampshire. And then I moved to Texas for a little bit, moved to Seattle. That's where I went to elementary school. And then I went back to New Hampshire. So I would say I was mostly raised in Seattle and New Hampshire. That is a lot of bopping around. Lots of bopping. (laughs) Different sides of the country too. Yeah, really cool. Never been to the, like I've been, but not to there. You know what I mean? Wait, you know what? (laughs) New Hampshire, Seattle, Texas, but I've never been to Canada, I guess. Oh, okay, gotcha. Basically all around, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Or California? 
never lived there. No, just visited. Went to Disneyland when I was a kid. It was sick. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is sick. So I want to ask you, and there's a lot to unpack here, but just to kick it off. So what was your journey like to finding yoga? You teach Kundalini. So how did you find Kundalini? What was your journey like to these, to finding these modalities? And then also what was your experience like your healing journey like once you found these modalities? Love that question. So I teach Kundalini, I teach Vinyasa and power yoga, but when I started my yoga journey, it started off with yoga with Adrian on YouTube and that's super restorative, slow moving. Have you tried classes? With yeah. Her? Yeah. She's, she's an OG. Awesome. Everyone loves her. She's <laughs> such an inspiration. So I started with restorative yoga, but then that was in North Carolina when I was going to college and I came home for a break and my friends are like, Hey, you do yoga. There's a new hot yoga studio. Let's go. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing yoga for two years with Adrian. I got this. And I got my ass whipped in the power hot yoga class. And as much as I felt like I was going to pass out the whole time and I'm like, what the hell is going on? They're having us do arm balances, the whole jam. I noticed that through that pressure, there was less time for my mind to chat and I got more into it. And that's how I got into power yoga and just a more intense version of vinyasa as a whole. And then there were some teachers there that taught really flowy classes with cool transitions. And that's when I really fell in love with vinyasa. Kundalini was a different story. So I'm a YouTube girl. I love going to find free yoga classes on YouTube and I heard about Kundalini and for some reason I just felt like giving it a good old YouTube search. And the first class I tried was just interesting, lots of twisting and turning, pretty simple, but I kept practicing and there was one time I just had this overwhelming experience where I felt like my whole body was electrified. It felt stronger than drugs and I'm like, what is going on? And then I went to class and I'm like, I don't know what the hell just happened, but I'm going to keep doing this. So because usually in power yoga vinyasa, I feel a deep sense of relaxation, but by the time I get in the car, I can go back into whatever mindset I was in. It's not that big of a stretch, but with Kundalini, body, mind, and soul felt like it was permanently different forever. So I really wanted to learn what the hell is going on there. How come I can chant words, move my fingers, and then feel like I'm an entirely new person forever. You know what I mean? So that's when I fell in love with Kundalini. Yeah, that's really gnarly. So when you had that experience, when you said your whole body felt like it was electrified or electric, what were yeah. that you used exactly? Just electric? Electrified, like, yeah, just like on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really cool. Was that on the YouTube or was that... That was from Brett Larkin. I, I still remember, I still do that same class. It's my favorite Kriya. I think if you search Brett Larkin, Kundalini, third and fourth chakra, it's a 20 minute video and it's pretty simple. I mean, basically you're just doing things like that. And then at the end you lie down um, in an ab workout, your legs are six inches off the floor and you hold that for three minutes, which sounds insane. And you can take breaks, but- That sounds insane. It is crazy and not to be TMI, but I literally had an orgasm and I've never even, I don't think I ever had an orgasm at that point that I'm like, what the fuck is going on that I'm like, how could just 
keeping my feet off the floor make my body feel so intense and then the aftermath was like holy shit what just happened then I had to run to math class but (laughs) just back to the life okay but actually how does that happen do you because so I don't even know where to start with that to be honest okay I, I I was thinking of going one way but now I'm like oh okay Okay, so let's just say with the electricity, the, the I can't even speak now, with the electricity in the body, that feeling, and then also with the orgasm, because I've heard of people having crazy experiences with Kundalini, and I've had some gnarly experiences, not quite like that, but like seeing colors, feeling things, um, like you said, moments of electricity. Do you know the science behind these things? I know this is like an ancient technology and ancient science, but because you did the kundalini training, right? So do you know how to verbalize and articulate why these things happen? I still haven't found the answers I'm looking for. I found very base answers. And I studied with Guru Singh, who is such, he really was part about bringing this practice to the Western side. And I would say the best way to explain what I experienced was kundalini rising. However, I don't think kundalini rising has to always do with having an orgasm you know what I mean I remember after that class I'm like did my kundalini just rise but I think kundalini rising is kind of like enlightenment you can look at it as a one-time experience or you can look at it as something that can always happen and if you're I know you're into the chakras but for whoever's listening we have seven main energy centers from the base of your spine to the crown and in kundalini there's an eighth chakra the aura and I'd like to say that all of those chakras were stimulated in a way that energy could flow. And maybe I had so much energy flowing that it just gave me that crazy experience. And Kundalini is often described as the serpent at the base of your spine. And sometimes it's called a sexual energy too. So I think all of those components together kind of give me a vague answer, but at the same time, I still want to know more details of why that can happen and how that can happen and what that is you know (laughs) that is crazy (laughs) (laughs) and it makes me think of so me and Jackie met in Shana Hiller's um uh yoga teacher program like business for yoga teacher program and um Shana also teaches tantra yoga for anyone listening which is uh, can you explain tantra yoga I've looked into it. That's another one that's often compared to sex, but I would say Mm -hmm. that it's less about sex and it's more, I'm not too familiar with it, but I think it's more just about using a different style of healing to enhance your energy and Mm -hmm. sexual energy is a part of that, but no more than it would be a part of it in a typical vinyasa class, you know? Right. And so I'm starting to learn from her just in her posts on Instagram and stuff that this energy that you're talking about, the Kundalini energy, the life force energy, chi, prana, whatever name you give it, that is a sexual energy. Like that is what fuels our life force. And so that's just really interesting that you had that experience. I wonder if it was some kind of awakening of the lower chakras or I don't know. Yeah. And when I first heard about Kundalini, it was at my first yoga teacher training. And I remember the girl who was managing it 
the whole thing, Katie Patino. She's amazing. You should follow her on Instagram. I think it's just Katie Patino, Katie with an I. She says, you might see me doing Kundalini in the morning. I'll be doing weird shit. Don't be freaked out. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to do some weird shit with you, but I never did. And she was explaining, I think in one of her first classes that she would get orgasms and stuff and she would see other people get orgasms. And that's when I first got into all the more energetic sides of yoga. They were telling me about spirit animals, seeing aura colors. So I just had a lot going on that I'm like, what world am I living in? And I didn't know really if they were having orgasms. I had my doubts or what was going on. But then when I experienced it myself, I thought of her, I'm like, whoa, this is a phenomenon that goes on. That's so, I've never heard of that before. I'm not surprised to hear it once you say it, but they don't write that in the yoga books. <laughs> they don't write it that. in the yoga manual, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that written down. So, um, wow, thank you for sharing that. Um, so how did yoga, kind of going a different direction now, how did yoga, kundalini, all of these tools assist you in your healing from addiction? And do you want to share on that? Yeah. So I actually got into yoga with Adrian because in, I would say, high school to leading up to college, I started off being like a party girl, if you will, mainly alcohol, marijuana, weed. And then at the end of senior year, I kind of started mixing in some pills into the jam. Late high school, just like Adderall, Xanax, and then when I went to college, I felt very out of place at the college I went to. My college was at High Point University, which if you know the vibe, you know the vibe. It's like a private school with very um, preppy people. And it wasn't what I expected. So I felt so out of place that I'm like, all right, I know I have drugs to go to to have a good time. Let me find some drugs. And it just started from taking a Xanax and blacking out for months. And I just would do that every day because in high school, I come from a very strict family. Mm. Uh, hello, mom and dad, if you're listening to this. And um, I wasn't able to kind of have a bender like I was in college. And I've always told myself, if I'm going to experiment with drugs, I'm going to do it safely, make sure I don't get addicted, whatever. But the pills I were using were so strong that I just went into a phase of blackout, completely changed who I was that I could not make decisions like I could in the past. And by the time I kind of rose up out of my blackout to go home for a college break, I didn't realize I was addicted to drugs because I think the way that they explain drug addiction, they're like, you're going to be tweaking out all you're going to, you're going to steal all your family's money and buy the drugs. And it wasn't more like that. So I never classified myself as an addict until I could take breaks. But then everything I was thinking about was, all right, when's the time to do drugs again? When's the time to do drugs again? And it kept spiraling worse and worse to the point where I've never stolen anything out of a store before. And like, sometimes in high school, I'd be shopping with girls are like, let's steal mascara. I'm like, nope, I'm not like that. I'm such a square but then I'm like on Xanax like stealing food out of the store when I didn't really need to stealing toilet paper fighting with people just being someone who was very out of touch with who I was and then I realized okay maybe it's time to stop 
doing drugs and I didn't want to. And um, I've always struggled with drinking alcohol and I felt like, okay, these are my party years at college and I no longer drink alcohol without getting sick. I needed like drugs with it to make me get drunk faster. So I'm like, it's either I'm halfway into college, I can just stop this whole shebang together and be sober, no friends, just sitting home alone, very depressed, or I can continue doing drugs. And I had a toxic relationship at the time where that kid got expelled from the school for being a part of the stuff we were doing. But when we got back together, he's like, I don't want to be dating you if you're blacking out all the time. And for some reason, that's just the inspiration I needed because he was addicted to far worse things than I was. And he kind of got over his addiction in a very smooth, easy way that I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. And I want to date him. So I'll try. So I went off the Xanax, went off the pills, um, would probably do some party drugs here and there that I never was a fan of, but I still drank. And then I was just so depressed. I'm like, what do I do with myself? I felt like I was in a constant state of panic attack of wanting to scream cry and freak out and no matter how hard I tried there was no way to release those feelings so went on good old YouTube typed in free yoga because my roommate at the time had a yoga mat I'm like it's right here let's try it and that was the first time I have goosebumps the first time I felt hope because at the time I was suicidal and which sounds so crazy to say, but I've dealt with suicidal thoughts since high school and they've always just been thoughts. But during this phase of my life, the majority of me wanted to be suicidal. And um, I was like, okay, we can either kill ourselves or we can give it one more shot. Let's just see if there's a way to be happy. And after that yoga class, I'm like, there's a way to be happy. This is what I want to do. And then I went on the app store and downloaded the meditation app, Headspace. And that's the first time I learned the noting technique, which is you meditate and just know whether you're having a thought or a feeling and imagine you're putting it on the shelf and go back to the breath. And I never knew how to get out of my overthinking mind or that sense of anxiety until I use these tools so I really stuck with them every day. And then here we are. I got my 200-hour yoga teacher training a year after and then started teaching, went into kundalini and breathwork, essential oils. And now I just feel super devoted to these practices. Long-winded story, but <laughs> that's how I got into all this stuff. And the healing it's brought me is really just giving me the tools of what to do when I want to freak out where can I put that energy and essential oils have been great for when I want to change my state of mind, which is why I think I liked drugs is I wanted to be able to control my mood. Essential oils are like healthy drugs in my eyes that you have a bunch of different options. You can choose what mood you're going for. Same with yoga, whether if it's a fast class restorative, but I just needed tools and yoga has provided. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's, that's gnarly. I, so if someone's listening to this and they're feeling the way that you felt, like if you could go back to yourself when you're in that state of hopelessness, like you were saying, you felt suicidal and you felt 
like shitty and low and all these things what would you tell yourself like what's one practice or one whatever meditation affirmation what would you give yourself what tool would you give yourself meditation I would say because the yoga was great but it still felt like work you had to unroll the yoga mat move and for some circumstances that my body needed to move for sure but meditation was really how I changed my state of mind through a daily practice of releasing my thoughts and tapping into what type of thoughts I have and realizing I'm not stuck in that mindset and I can put them on the shelf, go back to the breath and do that for 10 minutes. And then by the end of the 10 minutes, my mind felt so much more clear that that would probably be the first thing I'd offer to myself back then. Mm. And that noting technique sounds really cool. I've never heard of that before. Oh, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that sounds like really great, especially for people like myself with anxiety or who have those thought, those spiraling thoughts when you feel overwhelmed. And yeah, that sounds like a great practice. So you just notice what comes up and visualize yourself putting it on a shelf. Yeah. So Andy Puttacombe is the owner of Headspace and he puts it in such a great way that it's a gentle putting it on the shelf not like that's a thought (laughs) it's like gently just say that's a thought put it on the shelf and it's very simple because I find myself overthinking things I want to get to the root of why I'm thinking the way I am but just to give myself 10 minutes of being like that's a thought that's a thought that's a surging feeling of anxiety it's simple enough to get yourself out of whatever state you're in right that's awesome and I don't like, obviously this is an audio podcast. So most people listening to this can't see you, but you are literally are glowing. I'm going to like get emotional here. Um, let it out. Let it out. Um, you are literally glowing and hold on. I need to get my shit together. No, I love this. You are I'm not going to look at you. (laughs) You knowing where you are, like physically in the world, knowing what you're doing and just literally you are glowing from within. And so to hear your story, (laughs) oh my gosh. And to, to know that you come, because I think a lot of people go through hard times, like most people. And a lot of us maybe can't relate to that feeling of addiction and drugs. I know a lot of people can, but uh, plenty of people can't relate to that exact situation, but they can relate to that feeling of depression or anxiety or any kind of feeling of hopeless overwhelm. And a lot of people don't have the tools. They And I think a lot of people not with or their wishes I don't think they want to stay in that place but I think a lot of people do and so to see you have basically helped yourself you found these tools that's like incredible because you are literally like freaking gorgeous glowing like it's like it's beyond physical though do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I think that's really cool. <laughs> Jesus. 
I know. Thank you for the <laughs> love, though. And thank, you for, thank you for acknowledging where I've come from because it, it is an energetic thing. And I, I wish that I remember back then I would be like, how, is there ever going to be a version of me that I'm bright again? Because I was such a funny kid growing up, just wanted to laugh and love. And then when I got to that dark stage where I would literally just be like sleeping, covered in like grossness. And um, I wish I could see myself now just to have that quick visualization of like, oh, you get back on your bullshit. You're going to be good. You're going to be okay. Mm. I wonder too, because like sometimes when we're in those states, like you can't, you can't even get that far. Like there's that idea of sufficiency mindset, which is let me feel like I'd have just enough to take the next step, you mm. know? Cause I, I don't know if you could have seen yourself where you are right now. Like you're, no. you yourself would have been like, like, don't, don't lie to me, you know, like, the, yeah, the, like, cause it's so incredible like the way that you've come. And you're right. Some, if you're in a dark stage right now, a lot of the ways I got out of it were of course, meditation and yoga, but I told myself, I heard the quote, take it day by day. But even then I'm like, when's today going to be over? So I told myself, take it second by second. And even after doing yoga, even after I became a yoga teacher, I think for probably a year or two, I was taking it second by second. And then I started taking it day by day and now I'm just chilling and it just unfolds that way. But to be in the present moment, most likely you are safe, secure, divinely protected. And that's all you need to get to the next second. Mm. So speaking of your journey and then where you've come I want to kind of talk about how you got to where you are right now, because this is like freaking insane. I've been following you on social media. Okay. So just for anyone listening, me and Jackie met virtually like a year and a half ago. Yeah. About that. On, on like during COVID, I think it was like March, 2020, even mm-hmm. through Shane Hiller's business program for yoga teachers. And, um, so we, I've been following her and like I've watched her journey and holy crap, I swear, it's made me believe in the power of manifestation. So why don't you explain where you are, what you're doing and like how this came to be? Cause this is, I love this. I'd love to share because I'm a, I'm a skeptic. I'm all into the energy stuff, but it's almost like, and I'll try anything, but to see it actually work is mind-blowing and now I feel like I can really get myself to any place I want because my love for Hawaii all started in 2018 when I went to my first yoga teacher training in Maui and I've always wanted to live on an island but that was kind of just a thought in the back of my mind but once I landed in Maui it was my second time being there but this time I just knew I will live in Hawaii and no matter what it takes I promise to myself I will find a way to live here. So I leave the yoga teacher training and I finish up college and I didn't know when I'd be ready to move here, but I would always just look for jobs and all the jobs on Indeed would say, you have to live on Island. Don't apply if you don't live on Island. And I'm like, haha, I'll show you my good ass resume. I'm really good at using Canva. (laughs) And um, the Canva resumes never got me the job. I never heard back from anyone. So I started just to say, maybe now's not the time. 
And then it started to feel like it was the time within the past year. And I really wanted to find a way out here, but still my job applications weren't really being hyped up on Indeed. And um, I wanted to do my yoga business here. I wanted to do yoga retreats, yoga teacher training. So I started to reach out to people I know to see how I can make that possible. And again, they would say, once you live there and you know what places to hold a retreat, it will work. So I was doing a lot of thinking, logistics, and that type of stuff. And it didn't feel good. I was stressing myself out. So I really had a deep conversation with myself. And I'm like, if you want to get to Hawaii, what is the best way to do it? And I'm a huge student of Abraham Hicks' Law of Attraction. And she teaches you have to feel what it would feel like to get there. If you have the vibration of you don't have it, you won't have it. So feel as though you do have it. So I started to feel like I'm in Hawaii, what it would feel like to drive by palm trees. I would always be journaling about what my life would be here, what things I wanted. And naturally, I just started going on Facebook groups to find roommates, housing. And I'm very picky when it comes to my living situation. I want to live in a nice place, but also I want to make sure my roommates and me are aligned. And I really like spending time alone. And I didn't think I'd find roommates I liked, but the roommates I found on Facebook were picture perfect people I would want in my life. Like funny, same type of vibe as me. Not saying I'm funny, but like I want funny people around, hippie, into yoga, vegans. And I'm like, okay, I can see me living with them. And this is probably around July. And they said, we're moving there in September. So let's see if you're coming. So I'm like, shit, I have two months to figure out how to get there. So I told my parents and they were also looking at jobs on Indeed for me because my parents are just so supportive and they really wanted to see it happen. And then I'll never forget, I was in the kitchen probably like being like, I can't find a job there. And my dad's like, I saw a job as an assistant director at a well-known hotel your experience aligns. They don't even request a college degree. I think you'd be able to get it. So I went on my computer and applied. And there was a few other jobs that didn't request to live on island throughout the pandemic. And this was one of them, but I kind of just put that on the shelf, didn't think much of it. And then I heard back from them. They're like, we want to interview you. I'm like, ah, cute dance party. So I get really nervous for the interview, normal routine, just being like, you have to get this right, deep breaths. And the woman interviewing me is now my boss and she was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. It was a, such a chill interview. She just asked me very basic questions. And then I get an email right after saying, we'd like you for a second interview. And I'm asking my dad, I'm like, does this mean I have the job? And he's like, most likely, but let's just see. So I get the second interview and they end up offering the job. And not only that, but they said, we will fly you out here free flight we'll pay for all your expenses out here so I had a way to get here and I'm like what the hell is going on so to add more to the manifestation of how once you make it easy for yourself the ease will appear I could have never guessed those details were going to happen until they did so I had a surrender but then I get here and they're letting me live at the hotel for as long as I need to find a place and I start getting sick of living at the hotel because I'm like, I kind of want my own place, you know, and I couldn't find a place. So I'm like, let's put their manifestation magic back on. And I just imagine what it would feel like to have the place of my dreams. 
And then one of the employees that worked with me is like, I have a place that she'll let you live there, no problem. And it has a great view. Something I've always wanted that was like a long-term goal that I'm like, okay, when I'm 80, maybe I'll have this, um, was cows in the backyard. And there are 50 cows in my backyard moving at the top of their lungs all throughout the day. There's horses. My landlord just got a puppy, a dog that I see all the time, cats and ocean view, enough space for me to feel comfortable. And it just fell into my lap. But every time I would go on Craigslist, go on Indeed with such a vengeance to find something, I never found anything. So this really taught me to surrender, but not only surrender to with the idea of kind of settling, but surrender to the fact that what you want and more is coming because the universe always has a better plan than you have. So now I feel like I've proven it to myself. I believe it. I just want to teach people how to tap into what they desire and feel worthy of it. Mm. I think that's really cool that you have cows in your backyard. I love it. I'm and your so view happy. is awesome. That totally is something where you're like, I'll get this when I retire. So many of the things I'm like, oh, I don't need a view. I just need a washing machine. But now this place has a washing machine and a view and if I kept looking for places crazily, I wouldn't have found this place. So it's so crazy, the power of surrender. Mm. And so manifestation for anyone listening who is not really, because I think manifestation's a little loosely used nowadays. So why don't you explain what exactly that means or what does that process look like? I really like Abraham Hicks once again, and um, she's, I'd say, one of the most well-known teachers for Law of Attraction, and anyone listening, just give her a YouTube search, type in Abraham Hicks, if you have an issue in your life, type in that issue along with it, but she has a four-step process. One, step one is contrast. If you're in an experience that doesn't feel like your dream life, you are learning what you don't want to more clearly figure out what you do want. And every time I was in contrast, I'm like, okay, I get that there's value to this, but how do we get to step two? Step two is, um, I think step, now I might butcher this, but I believe step two is, oh, it's ask for what you want. And whatever you ask for is given. So you don't need to do any work with it. You find out what you do, what you don't want. So you can figure out what you do want. You get to step two, you ask for what you want. And step three is just stay in the receptive mode. And being in the receptive mode means not going on Indeed and Craigslist like a frantic maniac being like, I need to figure this out. It is just being open to receiving and truly feeling that and raising your vibration to feel as though you already have it. Really believing that when you ask, it is given, even though that makes you feel like a crazy person and you feel kind of delusional. But once you try it out, We'll get to step four, which is, I believe step four is receiving what you ask for, but then you'll always go back to contrast. You will never get it all done and you will never have everything you always want because there's always more. We're continuously expanding. So really I'd say the gist of manifestation is to enjoy the journey and know that all your desires are on the way. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so emotional. I love <laughs> you talking about all this today. 
God. Um, that's really greatly put like the steps one, two, three, four. And, and do you have manifestation meditations on your YouTube channel? I don't think I do yet, but I definitely would love to start creating them. Yeah, I you should. Took a, I took a YouTube break, but um, I'm coming back with lots of new content. So I'll definitely add that to the list because just to give yourself either just a minute or five minutes of feeling like what it would have if you already have everything you want is so powerful. And the more you do it, the more it will come naturally. Mm. And I like that step one. I've never heard that before. I've heard it in different ways, but never like that. The contrast of yeah. using the situation that maybe you're in that you're not super enjoying using that as a tool to get clear. Because I think some people, a lot, actually, I think it's really common where people are like, I don't like where I am, but I don't really know where I want to go. So it's like, how how is the universe supposed to give you something that you don't even have any direction or compass for hundred percent and it contrast is beautiful because even though I feel like I'm living so many of my dreams I still have those contrasting experiences that are creating so much clarity for what I thought I wanted and teaching me that I don't want it mm-hmm. for example I work at a resort now and I always wrote down that my long-term goal was to own a huge retreat center yoga teacher training center that was beautiful and now that I'm working there I realized how much work would go into like hiring landscaping teams when people call out sick and all the stuff that I my passion is teaching yoga not hiring a landscape team so it really taught me um working at such a big resort that maybe this isn't what I want maybe I want something more personal independent and secure And through working at the resort and seeing that contrast of working in such a corporate place, it taught me that, okay, I know what I want more clearly now to be able to manifest it. Right. That's awesome. That, yeah, I've heard that before too, with a lot of yoga teachers that end up creating their own studios. They kind of get into it because they're like, oh, I want to teach yoga all the time. And then they end up just managing all the time and then doing the work like you said when someone calls out there end up you know scrubbing the floors of the studio which there's like so much dignity in that but if that's not what your desire is and you end up doing that that might be not very ideal because you only have so much energy right like yeah and I do think some people can make killer managers and that's their passion and world, especially type A people who can so see the details and want to figure it out. And that's where they get high off of, but everyone's passion and desire. I always think that my passions and desires are like, well, yeah, everyone wants this, but no, everyone has a unique desire to them. And it's not a coincidence that you have your unique desires. That is your Dharma, your purpose in life and to not follow it is not doing a service to the world. Mm, totally. And so moving on a little bit um, to, cause this is something that, I think this is how I really got into your work too, was affirmations. Cause you make the, for anyone listening, Jackie makes these things on YouTube, these videos called bad bitch affirmations. <laughs> and I have vivid memories of when I started teaching 
group classes, putting on the bad bitch affirmations and saying it in the mirror to myself, like as I was getting ready. And so can you just speak on your experience with affirmations, how you found them? What is your relationship like with affirmations now? The root of my healing is really YouTube University. And I don't know how I started doing affirmations on YouTube, but it's such a quick thing when I find myself, I'm always rushing. And when I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm like, I don't have time to do yoga or something. I pop the affirmations on and either just listen to them or I'll say them out loud if I'm feeling it. And it's crazy how powerful they are because it seems like something that's so easy to do when you're getting ready and just say a few things can totally change the direction of your day. So after feeling the power of affirmations, even if it's just for three sentences, like I'm a bad bitch, I'm that bitch, I'm going to go tackle today like the baddest bitch on earth. It adds a different feeling into you that you can really apply that throughout your day. So I started making the bad bitch affirmations because oftentimes I don't feel like a bad bitch. And I'd say feeling like a bad bitch is one of my favorite things in the world because we probably all have different definitions of a bad bitch. But for me, it's just I'm being my best self and through getting into yoga, I kind of found that I wanted to be accepting, loving, holy, but I kind of was missing out on the bad bitch energy of feeling like I'm hot, I'm attractive, I am powerful in the sense that felt fun. So the bad bitch affirmations kind of includes all that you're accepting, you're loving, you're holy, but you're also that bitch. You're that bitch you want to be and adding some fun into it, which fun is definitely something I'm trying to make more a priority these days, because when you have fun, you become that much more of a magnet to attracting miracles. So the bad bitch affirmations have been so much fun to create. And I do them myself too, just whenever I need a boost, because feeling like a bad bitch, there's nothing like it. That's how you know your shit is good because you like <laughs> listen to it on your own. I do get cringed out by my voice sometimes. I'm like, okay, Jackie, too excited, but you know. No, it's good. Yeah. And I like what you're saying too. I actually really resonate with that, how you're saying, because I felt like that too, especially when I first became a yoga teacher, like, oh, everything's good. Everything's fine. Namaste. Everything's <laughs> Namaste. The light in me sees honors, blah, 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 the light in you. And then, yeah, I think there, I think in certain cultures of yoga, that's that bad bitch mentality is encouraged. But I do think maybe in the mainstream, it's kind of like, no, like it's not as encouraged. Let's just say that aspect of oneself. So I really like that you encourage that because that I think makes us whole is that integration of all of these archetypes or parts of ourselves and like you said the bad bitch uh archetype feels really great yes it and feels really good I love that you mentioned being whole because that's definitely something I'm working on now is how can I unconditionally love myself even the parts of me that I want to keep away like in a yoga mm. class when I first started teaching I'm like namaste everyone and now I can kind of really accept that I can just be me I don't need to put on the yoga suit I can just be me and say what comes up naturally 
and love that and not try to put myself in a certain box, whether that's if I want to encourage people to be a bad bitch or if I am in a namaste mood, Mm -hmm. but that all of me is welcome in the yoga studio teaching and as a student. Totally. I love that. And one thing I love too about and I think is really special and key to those affirmations. And I think there's other ones that you do this with as well, but you use um, profanity, which is actually triggers different parts of the brain. It's like more of a, I don't know if I have the vocabulary to describe neuroscience, but (laughs) I know that it, it lights up parts of the brain that don't, aren't your normal language processing center. So it kind of, that's why Tony Robbins uses so much language and profanity because it, it almost like wakes you up more. Totally. I love Tony Robbins too. He's one of my favorite inspirations, but I swear naturally. And I found that with a lot of the affirmations, I was speaking in a way I don't usually speak. And it was kind of like putting on the yoga suit and then I, the affirmations end. I'm like, okay, back to who I really am. So I wanted to create content that allows people who enjoy profanity like me to speak how they typically speak. And I mean, think about how much more powerful an F-bomb is if you're like, I'm, I'm feeling great today versus I'm feeling fucking great today. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. Feel it. it feels more authentic. Right. <laughs> I remember there was one where, because a lot of times I'll do my makeup and listen to your affirmations. And so, and sometimes I say them, sometimes I don't, because I'm like, you know, you can't always be speaking when you're doing your makeup. But there was one where you said, I am fucking hot. <laughs> it made me laugh because I'm like, wait, that's like a great sentiment. And there's such a difference in potency between like, I look great today. And like, I am fucking good looking right now. <laughs> it's, there's, it's so much more like you own it and like more, almost like more embodied. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And yeah. I think Rihanna is another great inspiration of mine that Rihanna really is that bitch and she walks around like she owns the room I'm saying this as if I've seen her or know her but she has such a powerful energy and I mean other people who might use affirmations like I am beautiful on the inside and out more conservative affirmations hold a great energy as well but the one I align with is definitely like that I am fucking hot and I love to feel that way especially on the days I don't Mm because when you I especially think that feeling hot is important to empowering yourself to be the person you want to be because you're not hiding, you're open, you're taking up space. And yeah, I think feeling hot is important, especially if you're into the yoga wellness life, because it gives you that much more power to expand. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that is something too, that's not talked about very often because we're, it's almost like the monk life. Like sometimes people are... I'm like really generalizing here, but you know, uh, we're like, oh, we need to transcend our bottle, our, our connection to our body. And we must transcend all of our attachments to how we look in our physical form. But it's like, okay, like I, I got you, I get it, but we're living in the physical dimension and I want to adorn myself and I want to look hot and I want to walk around feeling like, ah, yeah, like what's up? And that's such a different vibe. And people, 
people and the universe respond differently when you are embodied like that versus namaste namaste which is a beautiful vibration too but like you said it's just different Mm -hmm. and I totally do think some namaste vibes of like being super pure and releasing attachment to what I look like provides a great experience and is super healing but for a long time I wanted to make that my norm and it's not my norm and it became a force so that's when I really decided to just be my whole self and whatever I'm feeling I can practice but to not force myself to always feel like a bad bitch or to always feel like a namaste bitch you know yeah I love that so for anyone listening who's never practiced affirmations or who's like kind of getting into it what would you recommend for them to start out I really like Bob Baker. Bob Baker on YouTube has affirmations. I agree. (laughs) I love my YouTube. But also, I think one of the most powerful things you can do is create your own affirmations because everyone has this internal guidance system that is always guiding them on what the best decision for all is. And the way you can dictate what the best decision, the highest good for all is, is by following what feels good. So if you pull out a journal, ask yourself, what feels best for me to practice affirmation-wise right now? And just let the pen flow. Maybe it's confidence-related or more root chakra-related of feeling safe and secure. Or maybe it's more upper chakra-related of wanting to be divine or in your heart. But only you know. And there's great affirmations online or in books that will give you a good setting point. Gabby Bernstein offers a ton of good ones too, but you have a voice within you in this indescribable place. It is you, but it almost feels like it's God as well. And when you give yourself the chance to listen to that voice, I think you're going to find the most authentic, helpful affirmations for yourself. Mm, That's great advice. So let's start to move into the lightning round questions. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but I haven't told you these yet. So get ready and feel free to take as long as you want to answer. Like if you need to pause and reflect, take your time. So number one is what is one message you would tell your 13 year old self? That's a good one. So 13, I was probably in like seventh, eighth grade. Um, I would honestly tell myself, that I am that bitch because I remember during that time I hung out with really beautiful friends with beautiful personalities and I always felt like the ugly sheep at that time and I always felt like I'd always be the ugly sheep and um but just to tell myself that I get to decide how I come off and if I'm always feeling insecure and like I'm not worthy that's what I'm going to get in the world but if I claim my worth on an internal sense and really dive into what I'm ashamed of and releasing that, then I'll get to live a more confident life. Do you think your 13 year old self would listen to you? I think my 13 year old self would listen, but she wouldn't know how to do it. Mm. She wouldn't know what shame she had that needed to be released or she wouldn't believe that she had trauma since I 
had such great parents that I was always provided with, but that I think I looked at trauma as something like, oh, if I wasn't homeless and be, being abused or hungry, but there's all different forms of trauma. And I think trauma is any time that, oh, I forget that there's a really good definition of it, but it's like any time that you feel hurt and you can't bounce back to yourself. Like anytime the nervous system gets dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And I had a ton of that. And I, I'm so someone who minimalizes my pain and I'm like, I'm always fine. Ha ha. But the truth is <laughs> just because I can laugh my pain off doesn't mean it didn't go deep, you know? So just to tell myself that to do shadow work and I, my 13 year old self would be like, what the hell is shadow work? <laughs> but yeah. Gotcha. Confidence. Right. Right. Yeah. 13's a hard age. That's why I put that in there. I love that. Okay. Number two, what is the single biggest thing in your opinion that we can do as individuals to heal the world collectively? Good one. I would say following your internal guidance system. That's something I learned from Abraham Hicks, but we always know the answer within and we can always use that guidance system of following what feels best, what feels happiest, most loving and joyous. And when you do that, you're serving the highest good for all. And I think even old me would have thought that always following what feels best to me could be greedy. And some people could take that in a way that's destructive. But the truth is the best feeling on earth is when you're loving to yourself and loving to others, loving to the world. And there's no need to look for others for direction because they don't know the best direction for you. Mm, That's really good. Mm. Number three is what is your favorite or most powerful affirmation that you use or have been using? I've been using a very simple one lately and it's just, I am free, I am love. And I'll kind of meditate on saying it to every chakra um, and feeling though I'm absorbing that feeling because I think ultimately those are the two things in life that freedom and love that make me feel whole and complete. Mm. I love that. And then finally, the most important question is where can people find you and your offerings? Woo. Okay. So my Instagram is Jackie Marie Ruane, J-A-C-K-I-E Marie Ruane. And then YouTube, you can type in first name, last name, Jackie Ruane. I should pop up. And if I don't type in bad bitch affirmations and you'll see me. So Instagram and YouTube are where I post the most of my stuff. Um, I also go on TikTok far too often. I love your TikTok. <laughs> my TikTok so is Jackie Jacks Jacks. And that's just pure chaos with a little bit of yoga. But those are my three main platforms. Awesome. And are you teaching at all right now? Or is it just the recorded content on YouTube? Mainly just YouTube right now. I am taking Zoom yoga inquiries and private yoga inquiries. But for now, get ready for more YouTube content coming on the way. And I do hope to start teaching retreats and all that jazz in a short future 
in the yeah. short future. Well, I'm sure if it's in your manifesting journal, we're going to see it happen in the next couple <laughs> of years. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Callie. And thank you for everything you offer, your authenticity, the podcast, all of this is so important and the world needs more of it. So thank you for having me be a part of it. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Your Own Medicine podcast. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, feel free to rate and review the podcast or feel free to share it on whatever social media platform you are on. I'm normally on Instagram or Facebook. And feel free to also send me a DM just letting me know what you thought of the episode, if you liked it, didn't like it, with any feedback you have to offer. And I will see you at next week with a new episode of Your Own Medicine. Every Tuesday, a new one will be out. So until then, keep on healing and be your own medicine.